Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Long Live Hollywood podcast. My name is Aaron. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. God bless you all, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? I swear we are having quite the blizzard in these Michigan streets. Eight to ten inches of snow. I wonder if they're making any adult-sized sleds. I want to go sledding. Eight to ten inches. I want to go sledding. Why not? Make a snowman. Have a snowball fight. The best time to have a snowball fight is when, you know, when it's snowing and, and, and it's raining at the same time. The snow gets all slushy. You make those perfect snowballs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That's a good snowball fight. You catch one to the face. You ever got hit in the face? That'll put you squarely out of commission. That'll end your career. So let's do this. So Mortal Kombat 2 is officially happening. I don't want to say this is obvious because the first movie that came out in uh, last year, it made... $83.6 million at the box office, which is very good money. And that's with a pandemic. But the movie itself was not very good, at least in my opinion. The only thing I like about the movie is the first scene with with uh, Scorpion and the last scene, Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. Literally everything else, the bulk of the movie. I can kind of care less. And now here we are. Mortal Kombat 2 definitely needs to be a better movie. I believe in total we're supposed to get five movies. A five movie uh, trilogy. You know what? The first movie was kind of garbage in my opinion. Okay. But that being said. In this particular situation. I don't think it's a bad thing that the first movie was kind of garbage. Because. Not much went down in the first movie. There was no tournament. There was only really fighting. That That's it. I would argue and say the first movie is a, is a throwaway movie. Mortal Kombat 2 is a second chance. This should be the proper introduction into this trilogy. And even though Mortal Kombat 1 was kind of a throwaway movie, there are things about it. That you have to reverse in order for Mortal Kombat 2 to be successful. And then there are things that you simply can't get away from at this point. For example, you can switch out the writer. That's reversible. Now we're getting Jeremy Slater. You can switch out the director. According to the article, however, it's not clear at this point if the same guy who directed Mortal Kombat 1 will be back for Mortal Kombat 2. The directing in Mortal Kombat 1 is, it's, at times, it's okay. At times. And sometimes it's it's very good. For example, the very first seven minutes of the movie, my favorite scene with Scorpion. And throughout the movie, the fighting is hit or miss. And the movie has, it has editing problems. Atrocious editing problems. But like I said, these issues can be reversed. You can get another director. 
you can get another writer and you can have better editing. But what's not reversible and will hurt Mortal Kombat 2 no matter what, I think, will be the performances, the acting, the dialogue. Outside of the actors that play Scorpion and Sub-Zero, Scorpion being played by Hiroyuki Sanada and Sub-Zero being played by Joe Teslam, everyone else is just okay. The guy who plays Kano, Josh Lawson, he, he, he was a little bit more than okay. I think his performance was actually kind of good. But those two actors that play uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, those guys easily... Easily carry the movie. Easily. So when it comes to Mortal Kombat 2, we should no doubt see some new characters, right? But which character, which characters specifically will show up in the movie? That That is the question. So let's see. Johnny Cage has been confirmed. We don't know who's going to play him. I think there is a high chance that we will see Katana. Ermac. Do you think we may see Ermac? How about Kenji? You know what? The thing about Kenji, this will be cool. Picture this. How about a de-aged Keanu Reeves for Kenji? Noob Cybot, Nightwolf, um, Cyrax, Sindel, Jade. Well, we should find out later rather than sooner. <laughs> this movie is in early development. The only thing that we do know at this time is that Mortal Kombat 2 is happening and we'll see what happens. Cole Young. Who was Cole Young and why is he here? Why is he the main character? I came here to see the Mortal Kombat characters. I ain't come here to see some dude named Bill. What's this crap about? The thing about Cole Young at the end of the movie when he unlocked his Arcana he should have became the new Scorpion. Because think about it. He is, uh, no, Scorpion is his ancestor. When he got his Arcana, instead of him getting that golden suit, he should have got the yellow ninja suit, throwing out chains and, and whatnot. He should have been the new Scorpion. But no, he's just a random guy. You didn't come here to see Liu Kang or Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Kano, Sonya, uh, Sonya, none of those guys. You came here to see Cole Young, and that's exactly what you're going to get. Okay. Okay. Just looking out for you. Let's move on to the next topic. There is a rumor that Joker 2, 
the sequel to Joker directed by Todd Phillips, will go into production next year, 2023. I don't even think this is a rumor. Rumors these days, these days are usually and largely true, especially if if the if the rumors keep coming, if they keep piling up. No matter if it's movies or video games, rumors are kind of true, especially if it sounds believable. And I know it's a smaller rumor, but again, if the rumors keep coming, if it doesn't stop, Joker 2 is going to happen. When Joker 1 came out, Todd Phillips, the director, he never planned on making a sequel. Joker 1 was going to be a standalone movie. And I was completely for that decision, Joker being a a standalone movie. Completely for it. Could there be a sequel to Joker? Absolutely. The question is, is it necessary? Just because a movie is good doesn't necessarily mean it needs a sequel. And that being said, I do think Todd Phillips has creative story ideas for a sequel. It all comes down to if he wants to do the movie or not. Can he capture lightning in a bottle twice? Or maybe he wants to stick to his word. Joker 1 is a standalone movie. Creating a sequel to Joker is not hard. I can pitch a story idea right now. First and foremost... You got to bring in Harley Quinn. Having Harley Quinn in this universe would be very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what Harley Quinn would be like in a universe like this. So the story would be like this. This movie would basically be a Bonnie and Clyde story. At the beginning of the movie, Joker breaks out of prison. And now we have this whole manhunt situation. At some point... Joker meets up with Harley and Harley is just as damaged as Joker. She is mentally unstable. She's crazy. She probably has a drinking problem. She's on drugs, etc., etc. And Harley is like, hey, I'm crazy. I'm messed up just like you. I saw you kill Murray on television. And just before you killed Murray, that Everything that he said about how society was unbalanced, you know, that very emotional dialogue just before Murray's murder. That really resonated with Harley. And now Harley is looking up to Joker as a mentor, a lover. Someone who she could potentially spend the rest of her life with. You definitely need the right actress to play Harley Quinn and Joker 2. You can't just grab anyone. You need someone that can bring home an Oscar. My money is on Michelle Williams. If you don't know who Michelle Williams is, some of her recent work, let me see. She played Eddie Brock's girlfriend in the Venom movies. Yeah, Harley Quinn is a younger character. Michelle Williams is in her early 40s, I believe. But take the age out of it. Don't think about the age. Think about the actress and what she's capable of. I think Michelle Williams would play an excellent Harley Quinn. 
and also the actress Alison Brie. Alison Brie is in her upper 30s. Yes, she is a little older for Harley Quinn if you want to be age accurate. But this universe is completely different. I think her age is fine. Let's see some movies that she has been in. Uh, she played Madison in Promising Young Woman. And she also played Ruth Wildler in Glow, a Netflix series. I think she is a really good actress, but will she bring home the Oscar? That's debatable. Michelle Williams will bring home the Oscar. Alison Brie? It's debatable. So back to Todd Phillips. Do I think he has creative ideas for a possible Joker 2? Absolutely. And if he doesn't, it's not that hard to create a Joker 2 story. A, a Joker 2 sequel. It's not that hard. The, the thing is, does he have the right story? Because he's trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice if he's going to go ahead with Joker 2. And as of right now, I'm 68% sure that there will be a Joker 2 movie. Rumors these days are true. If they keep coming, they're true. No matter no matter if it's from no matter if it's video games or movies, rumors if they keep coming, it's going to happen. And I think Joker 2 will happen at some point. At some point. Hmm. How do you like my choices? Michelle Williams and, and uh, Alison Brie. Casting Harley Quinn is not easy in this universe. Alison Brie, I think she would bring uh, that high energy, extroverted, you know, that, that energy, very high energy. Michelle Williams would really bring that that drama. She's very good with the drama scenes. And Joker is a drama. So I kind of stand I kind of stand by what I said. Michelle Williams would play a great Harley Quinn. Let's move on to the Batman that's going to be coming out pretty soon. The runtime has been revealed. The Batman is going to be three hours long. So look. This doesn't bother me on the surface as of right now. Meaning I have not sat down and watched the movie. What justifies a movie's runtime is the story. Are they telling the right story to justify the runtime? Some movies need to be longer. For example... Venom, Let There Be Carnage. That movie is what, 95 minutes, I believe. You can easily, you can tell there were scenes cut out of the movie to shorten up the movie. That movie should have been a longer movie, at least 120 minutes. Some movies need to be shorter. For example, The Hateful Eight. Um, Literally any Pirates of the Caribbean movie that's after the first one. And... The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that has no business being as long as it is. That being said, when it comes to these longer runtime movies, one thing is crucial. 
the dialogue. You can't afford to have boring dialogue in a three-hour movie, a movie that has a long runtime. Or a movie that literally nothing happens in the first two hours. Unless it's Titanic. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. And yes, I can debate the first two hours. I can I can really justify that. But anyway. <laughs> so when it comes to the Batman, hopefully the dialogue is good. Hopefully the script is good. Hopefully the performances are great. Hopefully it doesn't take two hours to get to some action. The story needs to justify the runtime. All right, final topic. Let's talk about Halo. So the trailer for the new Halo series has officially dropped. Boy, has this been a long time coming. I believe back in 2013, I believe, that's when this television series was announced. Back in 2013. And since then, the series has been in development hell. And now it's finally official. It's coming out in March. And I also believe back in 2006, 2007... I heard somewhere this I think this was a rumor at the time I heard Denzel Washington was going to play Master Chief in a Halo movie. I kid you not. I really enjoyed Halo back in its heyday in its prime day with, you know, with Halo 1, Halo 2, basically when Halo was under Bungie. Ever since Halo went to 343, Halo 4 was just okay. I did not enjoy Halo 5 and I've never played Infinite yet. I told myself, let me get an Xbox Series X first, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So I don't know. I, I may pick up Infinite. And I hear Infinite is really good. I do have the Xbox Slim, the last generation Xbox, you know, the smaller white one that takes physical discs. I may pick up the game for that one. But anyway, back to the Halo trailer. The story seems to be brand new. It looks like this series is not going to honor the the source material story-wise which is not a bad thing my thing is this just give me an engaging story give me a story that's unpredictable that's entertaining it does not need to be the exact same story for halo in my opinion if this was something else like cowboy bebop i need the exact same story that's a good story halo it's it's such a a vast and rich universe you can tell a billion stories in the halo universe just give me a story that's entertaining to me that's engaging that's all i ask this trailer slash series is a good example of of what a live action adaptation of halo should look like and it does look a bit fan servicey at times not overwhelmingly for the most part, this looks pretty legit. This looks like a a legit sci-fi television series. What's a little bit of a bothersome, something that I've discovered. I have the trailer up right here. I have it on pause. I'm about 25 seconds in. Something that I've noticed. 
this uh, close-up shot of Master Chief, he looks good. However, he looks a tad bit CGI, and I think that's what they're going for. Maybe it's CGI, maybe it's not, maybe it's the quality of, of the video, maybe it's my computer, maybe it's my eyes, I don't know. That particular shot looks like high-end uh, Xbox Series X graphics. Very good looking. Uh, he looked a bit out of place. The rest of the trailer looks pretty good though. Something about that particular shot. Cortana looks more human than AI, which is Kind of a controversial move. A lot of people on the internet are really tripping out about that. And if you ask me, it's not a big deal. She certainly looks different. You know, but she she still has that Cortana presence. She she has that. She's very easy on the eyes. You know, very. Uh, she She has that Cortana swag. And the actress that does the voice in the series is the same actress that does Cortana in the video games, which is kind of cool. The guy who voices Master Chief in the series is not the same guy who voices him in the video games. In the video games, he's voiced by Steve Downs. In this television series, he's voiced by a guy named Pablo. Um, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, yeah, I can't pronounce his last name. It's a different guy. The guy sounds nothing like Master Chief, which is fine. He's not trying to do a Master Chief impression, and he doesn't have to. His voice is, um, it sounds kind of uh, Mandalorian-ish, you know, Mandalorian-ish, that kind of flavor. Uh, his voice is is kind of low. Uh, he talks very slow, you know, so it, there it, there are some Master Chief vibes in his voice, but he does not sound like Master Chief, which is okay. Do I prefer Steve Downs over Pablo? I, I don't know. I'll take either or. It kind of reminds me of Joker. When we first saw what Joaquin Phoenix was going to look like as Joker, when we first saw that Joker image, he looked very basic, like a basic clown. The white face, a uh, little, you know, the red on the nose, a red smile, the blue on the eyes. And everybody was saying, he doesn't look terrifying. He doesn't look scary enough. What's going on? When you sat down and watched that movie, his performance was amazing. That's what I'm trying to get at, ladies and gentlemen. It comes down to Pablo's performance. And yes, Master Chief's voice is very iconic. I don't think it's iconic on a on a Chucky level. Hi, Andy, you know, or on a Freddy Krueger level or a Darth Vader level at least for television purposes. In the video games, I would much rather have Steve Downs. So, when it comes to all of the switching around and changing things, uh, Cortana looks more human, Master Chief's voice sounds different, that doesn't bother me that much. It doesn't worry me that much. It all comes down to the story at this point. This television series looks very faithful to the source material. Now, give me a story. Give me something that's engaging. Give me something that's bingy. Give me something that won't put me to sleep. <laughs> give me something that'll win an Emmy. 
So this trailer definitely looks good. I will subscribe to Paramount Plus when this show comes out, when this first episode comes out. And I will give you guys a thorough review about how I feel. I will do just that. And that's all I got for this episode. That is a wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Long Live Hollywood podcast. My name is Aaron. Be safe out there. Love each other. Do nice things for each other. And good things will come to you. I promise you. Take care now. Bye-bye.